I'm moving out of my my house. Uh-huh. And um apparently one of my duties as of moving out is duties. To, right? Is to show my own house. You have to be your own real estate agent? Yes. Wow. This was thrown on me. Uh-huh. It was very last minute. I was very terrified. And I've shown it three times. Welcome. So now I'm a real estate agent. Shop. Hell yeah, you have Watch. your certification. Uh, <laughs> there's nothing more 2020 than that. Well, well, there's a few things, but that's very 2020. And part of the reason I'm moving out is because my AC leaked all over my kitchen ceiling. It rained. It rained in it your rained house. In my house. And they haven't fixed it yet. So I'm showing my own house. Yes. Having been fighting with them since April about this. This is not a Just Desserts podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Season 8, Episode 3 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs... Like us. ...decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is... Treviathan, a.k.a. Trav-Siberian Orchestra. Yes. A.k.a. Grigory Travsputin. Hell Yeah. (laughs) I am joined here in the shop by my co-host and co-premier, uh, Soviet Era Sean, <laughs> a.k.a. the Iron Kirchon, a.k.a. Mikhail Gorbachev. <laughs> <laughs> we are also extremely excited to be joined back here in the shop by Chop Shop regulator Chernobyl Chelsea, <laughs> a.k.a. the Churlin Wall, <laughs> a.k.a. Boris Chelsin. Further description of the show, the tagline at the top says, watch Chop Retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. Quick disclaimer, we are not actually in favor of remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. Das Zidane, This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we succeed. All right, that'll bring us into our first segment, which is going to be movie news. And this is where, no matter how busy our week is, and it was a busy week, we try to pay attention to stories that pertain to our show, that pertain to uh, our subject matter of remakes and unnecessary remakes, and also that our listeners might find interesting. And unfortunately, this week, we do have to start it off with an RIP, a couple of RIPs, actually, on... Uh, November 18th, French comedian Michel Robin died of, and the article, the headline actually says, died of the COVID. Oh. And I think it might be a, it might be a translation error, but uh, I'm, I don't mean to laugh about that. Uh, he just celebrated his 90th birthday. He was an actor in many plays and films, but American audiences would mostly know him from the movie Amelie, which I'm a big fan of that movie. Also the soundtrack, if you've never had a chance to listen to the soundtrack, it's great. Uh, So rest in peace and rest in power to Michelle Robin. Also, Italian director Valentina Pettuccini, known for the documentary Faith, dies at the age of 42. Now, they don't list a cause of death for her, but the Italian media is reporting that she had been ill for some time, and 42 is pretty young. Rest in peace and rest in power to her. Next up, Wonder Woman 1984 is heading to HBO Max. This was one of the big surprises this week. It's going to premiere on HBO Max and in theaters simultaneously. Uh, what do you guys think about that? I think it's a big move for HBO Max. Yeah. Um, I, hopefully they'll spike their subscribers. I don't know. And granted, they are a Time Warner owned company, right. as is <laughs> DC. Uh, so we have to kick it into related news. Wonder Woman 1984 will arrive in Chinese theaters before the U.S. premiere, a week before. Why is that? I don't know. It's going to give the Chinese movie pirates plenty of time to get it online for other pirates to view. That's what we should have named our Chinese movies episode, Chinese movie pirates. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, Next, the 40-year-old version, V-E-R-S-I-O-N, Filmmaker Rada Blank is to be honored by the Sundance Institute with the 2020 Vanguard Award. The award honors the artistic achievement of her feature film directorial debut, The 40-Year-Old Version, which premiered at the 2020 Sundance Film Festival. And she is a female African-American director. Uh, Next, on a not-so-bright note, new Predator movie coming from 10 Cloverfield Lane director Dan Trachtenberg. On the surface... 
I liked 10 Cloverfield Lane, but do we really need another Predator movie? I don't think we do. I think that the last shit, the last three have been crap. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's Predator one was great. It, yeah. It, it did its job. And what else do you need to know about the Predator? Not much. Well, where he gets his dreadlocks done other than that. Yeah. There's no need for that. Deadpool three is being developed by Marvel studios, not Sony and Bob's burgers. Writers are tackling the script. I think that's just going to be great. I'm excited. I was just watching Bob's Burgers on on the way over here. No, on the, in the in the house before I, before coming over here. And I'm a big fan. The only problem I have with that show is that two of the female voices, female characters' voices, are done by men. That will wrap us up on movie news for this week. Yeah. And do you guys hear a phone ringing? That must mean it's time for the Department of Re-Education with Cheka Corrections Officer Dana. Ni hao, choppers. Kajillionaire star Deborah Winger and Richard Jenkins. He and Josh Brolin were gay ATF agents in Flirting with Disaster. Charlie Heaton is the actor from Stranger Things who played Cannonball in The New Mutants. I'm still recovering from COVID, if anyone was wondering what was up. Be really careful, people. Wear a mask, wash your hands, and stay home as much as you can. Don't trust that everyone out there is being as careful as they can be, because they very likely aren't. Juan on. All right, thank you, Dana, for that. And, of course, uh, continued wishes for a speedy recovery. And that will close the doors on the Department of Corrections Department for this week, bringing us to the theme of the episode. For the third outing in our November Around the World film series, today we'll be discussing Russian movies. And I was kind of excited about this. I know, Sean, you were anticipating it going into the week, right? Mm -hmm. There are some fantastic Russian films and some great directors and... Some really cool Russian movies. So yeah. I was kind of excited to, to dive in and check it out. And it kind of confirmed a lot of stereotypes, though. Okay. Uh, the same way, you know, in, in the Chinese movies episode, we confirmed the stereotype that everybody plays Mahjong. Right. In the Russian movies episode, everybody drinks vodka. 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 And pretty much if you walk one block in either direction in a town, you're going to end up in like this crumbling war zone. Yes. That was mm -hmm. that was the theme of the week. I think it's also interesting that um, because of the cultural isolation between the East and the West, um, the two elements of cinema developed independently, and there's a lot of a lot of back and forth between like influences, but still very different. Yeah, I think you're right. I think that uh, the movies that we watched this week were distinctly Russian. Yes. Yeah. Um, that just had this austere quality about mm -hmm. them, which is kind of mirrors the, 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 the way we view Russians in general. Very uh, hardy people who, you know, get by and salt of the earth. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and does the, the phrase <clears throat> Kafka-esque apply? Yeah, in some, in some cases, absolutely. Like um, a bleak futility? Yeah, there was a lot of that this week. Um, not a lot of uh, fuzzy feel-good. Yeah, not a, no. not a not <laughs> a lot of laughs in these ones. Chelsea, what were your like general thoughts on the so, films this week? I didn't get to deep dive okay. as much as you guys did. Um, but the movies that I did see, they they were really good. They were interesting. I don't think I've ever seen like a Russian film okay. before, and now um, I'm kind of excited to see stalker there's multiple movies that are by russian directors on the criterion channel Correct. right yes yeah i watched an interview who was that it was uh, uh ryan johnson star wars yeah yeah um on the criterion channel okay and it made me want to watch that movie okay it made you want to watch star wars no stalker, stalker. okay <laughs> um so, with that, shall we get into our next segment, the Midnight Double Feature? Yes. All right. So, this is where we each on the panel talk about two movies that are within our subject at hand, and we talk about how they're related to each other, at the very least tangentially, and why they would be a good pairing for a double feature. And, Chelsea, do you have a double this week? I do. 
Do you uh, want to share it with us? Sure, why not? Sharing is caring. It's not very good. Okay. So I'm going to take 2008's War Inc. And I'm going to pair it with 2001 Heartbreakers. Wait, War Inc. Yeah, War Inc. That's with Reese Witherspoon? No, that's um, John Cusack. And oh, this is the yes. Okay, this is the pseudo sequel to Gross Point Blank. It, right. Uh, I like it. Okay. And, and it's set in Russia, right? But it wasn't actually a Russian film. It's not. Okay. Here's, here's my twist. So Hillary Duff does yes. a terrible oh, Russian. Oh yeah, it's accent. bad. It's bad. It's almost as bad as mine. And then in Heartbreakers, yes, with Sigourney Weaver and, and Jennifer Love Hewitt, yes. Sigourney Weaver does a terrible I Russian like accent. She just goes, ah, da. That's da. super cool. That's super cool. <laughs> I like your theme. I'm not familiar with either of the movies. I do know the reference in terms of being an indirect gross point blank sequel, but yeah. I've, I've never seen either of those movies. Well, when, when John Cusack gets asked, when are they going to make a sequel to gross point blank? He like, he's like, we already did. It's called War Inc. Um, in some ways, though, I consider High Fidelity kind of a sequel to Gross Point Blank, in my opinion. Sean, I digress. All right. Hit me with your double feature. So I'm doing uh, bookend films for the director, uh, Andre Tarkovsky. Okay. And I'm starting it out with his first debut feature uh, from 1962 called Ivan's Childhood. Okay. Is and it about the childhood of Ivan the Terrible? It's the it's about uh, the childhood of a guy named uh, Ivan Bondarov. Okay. He was a young boy who was uh, an orphan, and he was working as a scout for the Russian military during World War II behind German lines. And the film starts out with the kid just like coming into the barracks, and it's only manned by one guy at this point. He's a very young soldier. And the kids just soaked to the bone, shivering. Oh, by the way, uh, Epstein warning. The kid, oh, no. The kid gets really naked. And oh. So hey, if you're into that, check this movie out. And then he doesn't hang himself in prison. <laughs> but um, but like the kid's dripping wet and, and the guy's like, you know, quizzing him. Mm -hmm. And what blew me away right out of the gate on this movie is this kid talked to that guy like he was a bitch. Oh, really? This kid had so much authority <laughs> yes. at age like maybe 12. Wow. And he was talking down to him about who he was. And he goes, get me the commander. And, da -da 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 -da. Yeah. and he was ordering this soldier around. And the guy's like, who are you? And. Turns out he He's was the general's son. No, no, no. He, but he was a kid that they were using because he was little and okay. he was able to get behind the enemy lines and ah, scout ahead. So he had some pull. And so the film is really about this poor kid and how these three or four soldiers really kind of take a shine to him and kind of act as mentors and parents to this poor orphan. And they're the whole time they're like, "We're going to take you to to military school because mm -hmm. you're done. You're done here." And the kid's like, "No, fuck you! I want to be in the war." And uh, they're like, no, no, we're going to take you. And he, they never take him to military school. He oh, ends really? up sticking around and uh, unfortunately has a bad end. But in uh, Soviet Russia, <laughs> enemy lines get behind you. Exactly. Um, so I'm going to pair that with um, uh, his uh, Tarkovsky's last uh, Russian feature film. Okay. Well, the last one that he shot in Russia. And that is the aforementioned Stalker from 1979. Okay. And. This is, I've mentioned it before right. in uh, a movie marathon. Uh, it's a sci-fi I haven't film. seen it, I don't believe. It is what, it is the uh, epitome of low-key sci-fi. Okay. There's a place called The Zone in this un, indescribable uh, post-apocalyptic scenario. Basically, it just looks like, you know, war zone Russia. I mean, it's right. just, just everything's all broken down and kind of desolate. There's a place called the zone and there's a room in the zone that where you supposedly can get your deepest desires come true. Okay. So I'm, I'm hearing a metaphor for, uh, the Soviet system where ev the mainstream is completely bleak, but if you're on the inside, you can get right. And it's illegal to go into the zone and you have to be able to find the stalker who to navigate the zone huh. and get you to this room of your deepest, darkest desires. As Ryan Johnson says in his interview, the director uses boredom to great effect. Okay. There's, there are long stretches of very little happening in this movie, but before you know it, they're in this place. It takes on like a very David Lynchian kind of reality. Things okay. are just off 
kilter just a bit. So it never gets really weird and wacky. But, Remind me the year? Uh, 79. 79. So are we black and white or color? Your color on okay. this one. Yeah, the 62 uh, Ivan's Childhood is black and white. Gotcha. Uh, but I recommend both of them. And also, um, I should mention, there's one actor, the guy who did play the professor. His name is N- Nikolai Grinko. He is also in Ivan's Childhood, and he played uh, Kelvin in Solaris. Ah, yes. So obviously a favorite of uh, of Tarkovsky's. Nice. Very cool. In Soviet Russia, shop chops you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, it's my turn. And I'm also doing a double feature from the same director. Uh, In this case, it's Sergei Eisenstein. And the first one is the very famous Battleship Potemkin. And it's on a lot of very uh, well-renowned filmmakers' best of list. And the Rotten Tomatoes rating is 100%. Uh, When they are fed rancid meat, the sailors on the Potemkin revolt against their harsh conditions. Led by Vukulinchuk, played by Alexander Antonov, the sailors kill the officers of the ship to gain their freedom. Vukulinchuk is also (laughs) killed. And the people of the Odessa honor him, uh, the people of Odessa honor him as a symbol of revolution. Tsarist soldiers arrive and massacre the civilians to quell the uprising. A squadron of ships is sent to overthrow the Potemkin, but the ships side with the revolt and refuse to attack. I was impressed by how much action they were able to get in this movie that is almost a hundred years old. Pretty groundbreaking stuff for 1924. Yeah, and that's that's going to be a theme later on in the in the episode where we talk about some really groundbreaking filmmaking techniques. Right. Um, again, that plays into that isolation that yes. you that you were referencing earlier. Um, I haven't seen this movie, but based on your review, I want to. It's kind yeah. of like these really clever tricks to yep. get things to happen with low tech. And also, it is a silent film, so the subtitles are not as <laughs> Uh, much of an obstacle yeah, because as, you're already reading <laughs> subtitles. As much as I'm enjoying our trip around the world, boy, yeah. I'm really tired of reading. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Chelsea, you were doing like fist bumps to yourself over there. Is it just because I talked about a Navy movie? Yeah. Okay, awesome. Uh, and then I'm going to pair that with another movie from Sergei Eisenstein. This one came out 13 years later, 1937, and it's called Alexander Nevsky, and it's based on a historical figure. This one has a 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. When German knights invade Russia, Prince Alexander Nevsky, played by Nikolai Cherkasov, Cherkasov, must rally his people to resist the formidable force. Cherkasov. Cherkasov. After the Turkey Tetrazini soldiers take over an eastern (laughs) Russian city, Alexander... The what soldiers? uh, Teutonic. Sorry, Teutonic soldiers take over... An Eastern Russian city, Alexander stages his stand at Novgorod, where a battle, a major battle, is fought on the ice of frozen Lake Chodsko. While Alexander leads his outnumbered troops, two of their number, Vasily and oh boy, <laughs> Gavrilo, begin. A contest of bravery to win the hand of a local maiden. This is why Um, I don't read my reviews. (laughs) Right. This is not my review. This is the description of the movie. Uh, But so they're both war epics Uh and they are both in black and white, which I think lends itself to this uh, topic. The subject Russian movies seem more Russian in black and white. Besides having the same director, one of them, the second one is set in the 13th century and it was made 13 years after Battleship Potemkin. Coincidence? Probably. This is going to be the recast. And this is where we have a pre-selected and previewed movie that we obviously watch ahead of time. And then we hypothetically recast a few of the main roles with contemporary actors who are at the height of their powers. (laughs) And uh, the first... Selection is going to be Brother from 1997, directed by Alexei Balabanov. Balabanov. Blarney Stone. (laughs) Um, Also, we've got a 100% on Rotten Tomatoes. 
After finishing his military service, young Dania Bagrov seeks help from his older brother. Now, older brother, I should say that the actual actors were 20 years apart in age. Yes. Uh, older brother, Victor, a gangster in St. Petersburg who puts him to work as a hired gun. Dania kills a Chechen crime boss and is wounded in the attack. He is pursued by the man's cohorts and goes on the run, but finds time to enjoy the city's nightlife and have some romantic adventures. However, as his new identity solidifies, Dania begins to question who he has become. Uh, what were your guys' thoughts on this? Okay, first of all, you didn't tell me this was a musical. What do you tell me? There was a lot of music yeah. in this movie. Oh, it was Russian music, it, though. It, the it, very, like, one of the very first scenes, he like stumbles into a music video, and that's why he gets arrested. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I sent you that song the other day. <laughs> He's always going to the record store to yeah. get like a new CD. They... He goes partying with this one, like, you know, party girl. And there's always... Well, he's a he's an aspiring musician. Yeah. So there's, like, a lot of bad Russian pop Russian music, music in this. Um, so Did <laughs> you get the link for Gogol Bordello? Yes. <laughs> nice. Um, so here's what I thought. Okay. And I would have figured it out for, for myself, but when I was looking for the movie, I saw several references. This essentially, and you're not a video game guy... This essentially is the Russian version of Grand Theft Auto 4. Oh, really? Yeah, uh -huh. and which came out after Brother. Uh, this was a game, I guess it was like Xbox 360 era. You've got a guy, Nico Bellic, who is a former Russian military guy who comes to Liberty City, which is uh -huh. New York. And his brother or cousin or whatever just yeah, starts it's a family member. he starts feeding him all these mafia jobs yeah and you find yourself in the mafia do, basically doing so hits. you think that gta ripped this movie off i don't think they were i don't think they ripped it off but or they, it's the they, tropes are there i think they definitely got inspiration from this movie because it really follows a lot mm -hmm. of the same things where they just kind of slide right into the lifestyle of being a hitman i was kind of i was enjoying it from that regard uh, I saw that you were kind of lukewarm on how much I, you enjoyed the movie. I was okay. Now, I will say that I um, I apologize. I know you watched the YouTube eight-part playlist. Yes. I got my lovely wife, Michelle. Drink. Nostrovia to let me rent it on Amazon for five ninety nine. So I got to watch it in like high def. Okay. It was nice. pretty cool. Uh, and... Young Benicio del Toro. I mean, he was pretty. He was pretty good. <laughs> what did you think, Chelsea? I really liked it. Um, it did remind me of Grand Theft Auto, but I think that's why I liked it because I love those games. I hear you, and I literally have never played one of those games, so I would not have gotten those references. They're but so now fun. I I learned something today. So fun. The more you know. All right. So, any final thoughts before we recast? Um. It's bleak. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And it's it's pretty brutal. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that in my review, I said that he's more forgiving of family than I could be. Yes. Mm -hmm. So the roles that we're going to recast. First, we've got Dania Bagrov. Dania Bagrov, played by Sergei Bagrov Jr. And I learned today that he was killed uh, not too long after this in a mud slash ice slide. Dang. A very famous mud slash ice slide a week into filming a movie called The Messenger, I believe. Then we've got his brother, his uh, ne'er-do-well brother, Victor Bagrov, played by Victor mm -hmm. Sukorokov. <laughs> Sukorokov, who was 46 at the time. And then finally, we've got Sveta, who is played by Svetiana Pismyshenko. And she is a woman who picks him up when he's injured on her, her streetcar, her, her tram or it's trolley. Like an open air. It was really weird looking. It's it looked open so air industrial yeah. as everything did. And he has romantic feelings for her, but she's married to an abusive husband. He kind of runs him off. Yes. And then later that situation is revisited, but we won't reveal to what extent. And also I should say that having seen the movie now, I wish we also would have recast the other female actress, the, the, the drug uh, homeless, girl. homeless drug girl. Yeah. Because every single time she's on screen, she mentions LSD. <laughs> My favorite scene was when he ran into her when he was with, um, 
the girl on Zeta? the tram. Sveta? Yeah, I cannot say it. I'm sorry. S and, and V are really hard to put next next to each other. And she looks at him and she goes, is that your mother? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Russian age burn. Let's go ahead and get into it. Chelsea, who was your Dania? So I tried to pick actors and actresses that were Russian or had okay. Russian lineage. I did the opposite. My only criteria was that they not be Russian. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I tried. So my actor was in the TV show Prison Break. Uh-huh. And Resident Evil Afterlife. I went with Wentworth Miller. Yeah. Yeah. That's like the third time he's come up recently. It looks a lot like him. He even, uh, yeah, that, I can see face value there. He even made his way into uh, Department of Corrections Department. Yes. He's of <laughs> Russian descent? He has Russian lineage. Huh. It's, I think it's his grandparents. Okay. Right on. Okay. And Sean, you're Dania Bagrov. I was going for Russian actors, but for some reason, there aren't a lot of Russian actors in this, in these, in this age range that yeah. are known to us. So I kind of expanded the borders using all of the neighboring countries. The former Soviet states? Yes. I thought about that too. That's a good one. Good <clears throat> theme. So my actor is from Ukraine. Uh-huh. Not the U Ukraine. Uh, he is 26 years old. And um, he was in Siberia with Keanu Reeves. Okay. And uh, he Go was, back to Siberia. He was in a show on the History Channel called Six. And... Uh, he was also in a Prison Break, by the way, in a very oh, small part. Funny you Is it Wentworth that. Miller? But here's the thing. He's in a movie that's in production called Brother. Uh-uh. <laughs> it's not the same story, I don't think. But his name is Taryn Vitt. Okay. Taryn Vitt. Taryn Vitt. My actor is 26 now. He's come up on the show before. He's in The Goldfinch. He's in Divergent, The Fault in Our Stars, and Baby Driver, his name is Ansel Elgort. Ansel Elgort Who is going to be... happens to have... Russian, Russian lineage? lineage? Yes. Nice. And that's a parent, I believe. That Maybe yeah. I maybe I just subconsciously picked people who looked Russian. Because I, I printed it out. I was about this close oh, wow. to chopping them. Ah, great minds think alike. Okay, next up, we've got his brother. Ugly motherfucker. I swear. Uh, His name was Victor. Yes. And he played a character named Victor. Victor. Yeah. Victor Bagrov played by Victor Sukmiov. <laughs> and uh, the actor was 46 at the time. And he was playing the older brother. I don't think they were supposed to be 20 years apart in this. No. But mm -hmm. we're going to um, suspend our disbelief on that. And Chelsea, who was your Victor? My actor. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever heard of him. Hmm. He was in the movie Gladiator. He was in The Joker. He was in Her. Mm. Um, I went with Leaf Joaquin Phoenix. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> what is, uh, where's his Russian ancestry? Grandparents. Again, I uh -huh. think it's his maternal grandmother. For the listeners, uh, Chelsea hacked everybody's 23andMe just for her recast today. I did. <laughs> All right, Sean, who is your pick for Victor Bagrov? I made him a little younger. I went with 37 years okay. old. Um, he's an American. However, his roles that he plays um, tend to be Russian or Russian adjacent. Um, his most famous role is playing the character Victor Zaz in Gotham. Uh, but I really liked him and immediately made the association while watching the film. He plays uh, Noho Hank, the Chechen assassin in uh, Barry, the TV show with uh oh yeah, yeah, Bill yeah. Hader. yes his name is anthony kerrigan okay and he's terrifying yeah he is and he's bald that helps he's got a real kind of voldemort thing yeah he's pretty going spooky on. He, he could be he could be a hit man all right my uh victor is actually 46 now he's not bald but he's british uh, nice. he was in pacific rim layer cake and the dark knight rises his name is Burn Gorman, Gorman, and he's got that shit-eating grin. Oh, he's creepy. I know yeah. who you're talking about. We've got one more for this one, and it is yet another character who's basically going by the same name as her real name. Yeah, she went from Svetlana. Svetlana. Yeah, Svetlana Pismishenko is, play, is playing Sveta, 
and we already talked about her character. So let's get into recasting her. Chelsea, you're up. Uh, my actress was in Black Swan, mm-hmm. Bad Moms, and that 70s show, uh-huh. Mila Kunis. Yeah. Oh, she's great. Yeah. I think I like and her. And Family Guy. The, Don't forget Family Guy. I like her in the dramatic roles. I think yeah. she does really well. I mean, she's a good actress. She really is. Yeah. And I think that she's um, she gets typecast a little bit as Absolutely. the ditzy girl because of her role in that 70s show. Uh, did you also know that she dated Macaulay Culkin for like five years? Yes. That's crazy. <laughs> All right, Sean, who is your pick for Sveta? All right, I thought she looked a lot like Maggie Gyllenhaal. Okay. I Russian see heritage. That. And so I using that as my compass, I kind of went with a little face value. I'm with a Ukrainian actress. Uh, she's 23 years old, so it's a, a quite a bit younger. Uh, she was in Pacific Rim Uprising. Okay, that's a TV show. Pacific Rim Uprising is the TV show version of Pacific is Rim, it? right? I, don't I think know. so because my guy is no, no, also no, no, in no. That. It's a movie. No, it's so, the sequel. Yeah, it's the okay, sequel. Okay, well, my guy for um, Victor is also in Pacific Rim oh, Uprising. Cool. Uh, she was in the Spy Who Dumped Me. I've seen that. Um, she was in the uh, Hulu TV reboot of High Fidelity. Uh uh-uh. uh. And uh, yeah, she looks like uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal and Elizabeth Olsen had a baby. Her name is Ivana Sakno. Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say Ivana Von Traub, the nope. um, the lady who's on the the uh, direct TV commercials or whatever, who's been oh, like oh, harassed yeah, yeah. online. Um, yeah, Von Traub. Yeah, she's yes. good. My actress, you guys are going to love this. She's 33 now as well. She was in Downtown Arby's. <laughs> she's in The Current War. And The Imitation Game, both Benedict Cumbersnatch movies. And also Possessor. Her name is Tuppence Middleton. (laughs) (laughs) So just for shits and giggles, who would you guys recast as the the acid homeless girl? Like Kat Denning or somebody. I was going to pick the um, Fiona or whatever her name is on Girls. Emmy Rossman. Oh, Emmy Emmy Rossman would be good. Oh, what about... um, what about one of the two girls who have the same first and last name, but they're switched around? Rooney, Rooney. Mara or Mara Rooney. Would, yeah. One of them. They would have been good. All right. So final thoughts on Brother, a.k.a. Bra. I liked it. I did too. I enjoyed it as well. Um, I wasn't expecting to like it as much. It's a pretty decent crime thriller. Yeah, and they made a sequel, and I'm curious how that turns out. So I will say that... The sequel is a direct continuation of the storyline. Right. So, uh, and uh, minor spoiler. It's not giving anything away. He's headed to Moscow at the end of the movie. And in the next one, it's in Moscow and Chicago. And there's a lot more action. It's more of a action-oriented movie. I would expect. Rather than a crime thriller. And uh, all right. With that, I think it's time for us to go into intermission. But not before we say, <laughs> let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves some cold borscht. Or some, <laughs> some Russian stacking dolls. Russian dressing? Yeah, some Russian dressing would be good. All right, Chop Shoppers, thank you for bearing with us during intermission. This is your host, Travis. And I just have one question for you, Sean. What is one way we could make our podcast more prominent? Oh, if our listeners would rate and review us on iTunes. Rate, review, and subscribe to us oh, yeah, subscribe. on iTunes. And, or and, and pin your friends down and, and force them to do it. Make them go ahead and do a review. We're very under like, like, like Make it a whole pyramid scheme. Get the people under them yeah. to do it. and multiply A podsy it. scheme. Oh, I like it. Yes. You folks who are listening right now, it would be fantastic if while you're listening or right after, you don't have to stop the show, don't stop the show. But if afterwards you could go to iTunes and give us a review or a rating, that would be awesome as well. Or on whatever uh, podcatcher app it is that you're listening to us. We're on a few of them. And also uh, be aware of our online presence. 
We have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash cinemachopshop. We're hosted natively online on Podbean. It's Cinema Chop Shop on Podbean. And our Twitter handle is at Cinema Chop Shop. We do a lot of stuff on there like our movie marathon where Sean consistently kicks my ass. Also, our uh, email address is cinemachopshop at gmail.com. You can email us anytime. We check it frequently. The beers that we check in after intermission, you're about to find out about some, are always checked in on untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And we are Cinema Chop Shop on there. Once again, thank you to you, the listeners. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the rest of the show. And now... On with the show. Have you heard new American hit song, Mbop? <laughs> By band Hansen? <laughs> all the rage. All the rage in St. Petersburg. All right. Welcome back, Chop Shoppers. Thank you for bearing with us during intermission. We just had to bust through the Berlin Wall. And we are back. And when we come back from intermission, what do we like to do, Sean? We like to do beer check-ins. And what are we starting with? Well, against my best judgment, uh, I'm opening a hard seltzer. Uh-huh. This is from uh, Southern Range Brewing up in uh, Monroe, North it's Carolina. North Carolina yeah. It's called Sparkle, or Sparkle, and it is their Moscow Mule-inspired hard seltzer. Uh, Moscow one? Mule is uh, lime, vodka, and uh, ginger beer. <laughs> First thing you'll notice is the smell of fart. Oh, I was going to say feet. Yeah, it smells, like it's, a, it smells like a fart. They have what's going on with four this? seltzer waters and or hard seltzers, and I think only one of them was mm-hmm. good. One of them was okay, and the other two. Mm-mm. Yeah, Moscow Mule is going to have like mint, lime, Ugh. vodka, and ginger beer. It's okay. Not yummy. I can taste the ginger. That's probably what's giving it the funk is the ginger. I don't know, man. Not that bad. It is not a good alcoholic beverage. No. Boy, oh boy. Oh, stinky. In Soviet Russia, seltzer farts you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Don't encourage him, please. Oh, just one more. Just one more. For Christmas? For Christmas? Yeah. In Soviet Russia, snow makes man out of you. (laughs) (laughs) While we do not enjoy that, while we subject ourselves to it, uh, let's talk about our 2020 movie marathon. Ooh. Oh, God, that's bad. As mm. of this recording, it is the 325th day of the year, and I'm on number 380. I'm on 396. 396. Listen, I've fallen behind. Fucking juggernaut. Yeah, what are you on, Chelsea? 307. 307. 307. Uh, and you have approximately 40... One days. I think with the upcoming break, Mm -hmm. I can do it. You can do it. I'm going to do it. You have 41 days to knock out uh, 59 movies. I can do it. All right. I'm going to do it. So what is your check-in for this week, Chelsea? Watched a movie from 2020 called Sputnik. It's basically... Did you watch it on satellite television? I did. (laughs) Um, No. It's about a, a doctor, like a psychologist, I think, who goes to a military base to examine an astronaut that's come back. Cosmonaut. Yes. Thank you. Da. Um, and his partner or whatever was killed on their return back to space. Mm. I'm careful not to give anything away. Okay. Um, and you don't really know what's going on with him, but they have the military basically has him in this cell. And mm. you don't really know what's going on. You don't know who's crazy or not. It it was really good. Tell me more about this luxury apartment. <laughs> <laughs> I really don't want to give anything away because I liked it a lot. She has to make a choice to either follow her con- her conscience or follow the wheel of the state. Yeah, I think that's pretty much the crux of her of her battle. It's like Sophie's choice with Merlin Streep. <laughs> oh, oh. Oh boy, still trying to choke that down, huh? Oh, you can very thank, difficult. You can thank uh, my lovely wife for bringing that back. Oh, thank the Russian fortitude that I'm even making it this far. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. Sean, give us give us check in. All right, I'm gonna check in Leviathan. 
from 2014. It's documentary? No, it is a drama movie. And every man in an Arctic fishing village learns you can't fight City Hall. Here's my commentary. Go figure, Trump's playbook would come straight from a Russian film about state-sanctioned thuggery. Ooh. I mean, it is not even speculation that he's using a dictatorial playbook. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, the, the last chapter where it says that you lost the election, the very last thing is never concede. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, yeah, you've got this guy. His, uh, his house is being taken away from him by eminent domain. The, the mayor is like this short, shady character. Yes, I remember now. And he brings in a, a friend of his from the military, from his back in his old military days. And he comes from uh, Moscow, and he's an attorney, and he's going to sue the pants off these people. And in doing so, he digs up all this dirt on the mayor. And he tells the mayor, he's like, here's what's going to happen. You're going to give me $3.5 million, mm-hmm. and you're not going to take my friend's house, blah, 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 blah. Well, military guy is a thug, and he has thug friends, yes. and they employ thug tactics to bring it all crumbling down. It's the feel-good hit of 2014. <laughs> now, the reason that I asked if it was a documentary, because there is a documentary called Leviathan that came out around the same time, and I remember when I was trying to watch the movie you are talking about, I accidentally rented the wrong <laughs> the wrong movie. Wrong Travis. Wrong Travis. Yeah. All right, so... Um, I'll do my first check-in, and then let's open a good beer. Yeah, Hopefully. Hopefully a good beer. My first check-in is going to be number 373, and it's called The Doorman from 2020. It stars Jean Reno from The Professional. Oh, yeah. As well as Ruby Rose, who I I know her mostly from a season of Orange is the New Black. Yep. And she is formerly Batwoman. Was she? Yeah. On Gotham? On CW. Oh, okay. She had her own show, and then she bailed on the character. Interesting. Uh, it said, my review says, You could tell they really wanted Natalie Portman to play opposite Jean Reno again. But who knew Ruby Rose was such a badass? She plays an ex-Marine who comes, uh, who, who leaves a tour of duty and after some traumatic shit goes down. And she becomes a doorman at a luxury hotel, and soon finds herself at odds with some organized crime elements led by Jean Renault. So she's trying to protect her sister and her sister's family who live in that, uh, excuse me, luxury apartment complex from him. And she has to resort to using her training. Okay, cool. It was pretty fun. Let's crack this thing open, shall we? Oh, do it. Yes, this is as on theme as it gets. We have... From North Coast Brewing Company, barrel-aged Old Rasputin, Russian Imperial Stout, XX. And I think that the XX means 20. Somebody who knows more about it should get back to me. Uh, It is a stout aged in bourbon barrels. And we're going to crack it open right now. It has a cork. It's fancy. And in a very sweet Goonies reference on the the, uh, ribbon at the top, it says, never say die. And we should also mention that it is... 11%, 11%, hence I have a designated driver. It smells good. Oh, it's got the barrel-aged notes. I can deal with it. It's not overwhelmingly boozy. It's not, and it's a little watery. Yeah. Okay. But I'm not I'm not turned off by it. I think it's fine. Gotcha. As, as thick as you would have expected. Yeah, like a Russian Imperial Stout. It's like sometimes you feel like you're chewing it. Motor oil? Yeah, so this mm. is... I'm fine with this. This is actually yeah. better than I remember. I know it's a barrel-aged version of the old Rasputin, but better than I re- remember the beer. Right on. All right, your next check-in, sir? Oh, uh, you're going to tag-team me on this one. I uh, am. I am checking in another film from Andre Tarkovsky. This is his sci-fi film from 1972 called Solaris. Not to be confused with the awful George Clooney remake. I said, what a way to close out Russian Films Week. Total mind fuck. Indeed. From beginning to end, there's no way to know what was real and what was not. I want to read you my review, so I'm going to pull it up. And I have to admit that I had I stayed up till nearly midnight watching this. And I normally go to bed around 9 p.m. So I might have <laughs> been a little bit punch drunk when I said, This fucking planet, Solaris. <laughs> 
Its ocean is a brain, man. <laughs> Influencing those exposed to it. The space station is our physical self. And there are constant questions about reality or imposed hallucinations. <laughs> I liked it. I actually didn't even know it existed. Was that your audition for Dexter's Laboratory? <laughs> What's the girl's name? In Didi. Didi, get out of my laboratory. <laughs> but at the crux of it, a psychologist, psychiatrist goes to Solaris. Yes. Uh, to see what's what and see if he can help what's going on because everybody's going crazy. Yes. He gets there and there's like only two people left. They're crazy. And while he's there, he's being visited by his wife who's been dead for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of living in this uh, uh, kind of a, a dream state. Right. You know, that, that things are cool, man. This is my yeah. wife and I'm happy to see her. And it's it's supposedly that's the intelligence of Solaris, you know, and, the brain, and yeah, the, the ocean brain, the ocean brain is really telling them what to think. And and then even I mean, oh, I also said hashtag islands in your mind, man. Oh, yeah, totally. I, that's <laughs> yeah, not to give too much away, but even till the last scene. Yes, it's like it's all it's all fake. It's now, all should we crazy. should we mention that the uh, replication of his wife, he brings her back? Yeah. Brings her back to the space station. It's weird. Which causes all sorts of turmoil. There's all kinds of weirdness. And of course, everybody's shit face drunk the whole time. It's, it, it, it is a really bizarre mindfuck of a movie. It mm. would have been perfect for our mindfuck movies yes. episode. Uh, my next check in is number 375. It is the Lego Star Wars Holiday Special from 2020. Basically a sequel to the original holiday special. Good. I, I knew that they were going to make reference to the one thing that George Lucas wishes we could all forget. Yes. But with actually watchable, watchable visuals, content, and no sing-alongs. And also I said plush plus Jedi time travel. It's also plush. Jedi time travel. So that's how we're able to see characters. It's, it's set after the last sequel. So after the rise of Skywalker, there's time travel. So we also get to see young Luke and Yoda and Lando and all these people. You get to have your cake and eat it too. Yes, absolutely. Nice. It was very fun. And yes, it's only 45 minutes long, but I did count it because I watched it twice. <laughs> you got one more for us? Final check-in. It's a disappointment. This is going to be my only non-recommend of the week. Uh, it's called Faith-Based. Mm -hmm. Here's the theme. Those who can do, those who can't teach, those who can't even do that work in faith-based entertainment. Mm. Uh, a couple of uh, ne'er-do-well buddies are scrambling for some money. This guy, he works as a pool cleaner, not very well. And he's also a part of a pyramid scheme selling uh, herbal teas run by uh, Jason Alexander's character. To be fair, it's really hard to get those chalk stains off of the pool table. Yeah. So they decide to make a, a faith-based film because they realize that anything that's faith-based sells. Mm. Because if the movie's out there, the churches will load up their vans and rent a screen and go see it. And so they endeavor to make a faith-based sci-fi movie called The First Prayer in Space. <laughs> so they're taking a Kirk Cameron approach. Pretty much. yeah. Kirk they, Cameron meets James Cameron. They actually reference Kirk Cameron in, in the movie about how he's built a career on these types of movies. Uh -huh. But um, despite the cast, the supporting cast is not bad. Um, it's got the uh, African-American dude from Fringe. He's in it. Uh, Jason Alexander, as I mentioned, is in it. Uh, it's just not good. It's not good. The only thing that I really liked is uh, one of the characters, the, the, the two best friends, uh, they start like, like ripping on each other and insulting each other out of fun. And he says, you look like one of the Lannisters works at Urban Outfitters. Oh, shit. <laughs> and you kind of have to see this guy. It's the best insult <laughs> yes. I could imagine. But other than that, it was a complete waste of my time. <laughs> All right. I've got one more, too. And it is going to be number 376. And this is a movie that I heard about on the Sklar Brothers podcast, Dumb People Town. They had David Cross on recently. And this is a new drama film with David Cross, and it's set in the Pacific Northwest. It's called uh, The Dark Divide, and that's actually a term for a geographical region, the like 
forest interior of Upper Oregon, Lower Washington. Uh, David Cross plays a lepidopterologist who hikes solo from Mount Rainier to the Columbia River Gorge to document new subspecies of butterflies and moths and to get over the passing of his wife. His wife dies of cancer. It's given away in the first act, but Deborah Messing plays his wife and she was unrecognizable. I kept, I knew she was in it and I kept thinking that he was going to meet Deborah Messing on the trail. It was his wife. Um, really good. So it's a drama. It's not in his, his wheelhouse of comedy, but you still get some of that comic relief that only David Cross's quirkiness can, can bring. I recommend it. We're going into the recast continued part two. The second movie is going to be a probably superior film to the first, right? Um, I think it's superior in every way and it's nothing against the first film. This yeah. is a damned fine movie. It's called Cranes Are Flying from 1957. It was directed by Mikhail Kalatozov. Kalatozov. Clamato. It's got a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. And the premise, Veronica and Boris come together in Moscow shortly before World War II. Walking along the river, they watch cranes fly overhead and promise to rendezvous before Boris leaves to flight. <laughs> leaves to fight. And uh, Boris misses the meeting and is off to the front lines while Veronica waits patiently, sending letters faithfully. After her house is bombed, Veronica moves in with Boris's family into the company of a cousin with his own intentions. Flesh it out for us. All right. So Boris gives her this little plush squirrel. squirrel. With little nuts. I knew I was saying plush for a reason. He has like a little basket with like little nuts in it. And he hides a note in the bottom of the basket for her. And the whole movie, you're waiting for her to find this note. And spoiler, she doesn't find the note until... Like a squirrel looking for a nut. But, uh, yeah, so... But that that is her nickname, right? He calls her squirrel. He calls her squirrel. Yes. Uh, But, yeah, Boris's uh, cousin, uh, uh, what's his name, Mark? Yes, Mark. Uh... I mean, he's a fine guy, but he's not perfect. No, and fuck that guy. He, well, he likes her, but he also likes some other ladies and uh, kind of falls into the arms of another. And mm-hmm. and she discovers it. And in the process, it's also discovered the note that he left for her. Um, it's 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 the it's just this wrenching tale of, of a woman pining for her man who has left for war. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't have the answer of whether or not he's coming back. He's gone missing. There's no confirmation that he's dead. And so she's just left to wait. And it's it's pretty excruciating. But above anything story related, the, the, the photography is just yeah. gorgeous in this movie. Absolutely. Um, and the, some of the visual techniques mm-hmm. that they were using in, what, 57? Yeah. Yes. Wouldn't be seen stateside for years. Yeah, the three-point perspective that they were using to frame some of their shots. Absolutely. Just gorgeous. Yeah. And also what was great is they were using the same shot in multiple scenes where in one scene that shot's beautiful, but as soon as the war kicks in, it's an ugly shot because it's got all those barricades yes. kind of filling the shot. And one of my favorite scenes was when he was running up the spiral staircase of the bell tower and then they overlaid another uh, image that was spinning in the opposite yeah. direction. Oh yeah. The, Talk about vertigo. The tracking of him running up the spiral staircase and how they were able to keep the camera mm-hmm. on him as they went up. Yeah. I, I was just like, what the fuck? How the fuck did they do that? I was blown away. And, and this just, uh, it, yeah. I mean, this is like Russian those... gypsy magic, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, this is one of those films where you're like, somebody really had their finger on the pulse of what needed to happen to make this story work. Uh, it, for me, Visually, it complements everything that needs to happen story-wise. I gave it uh, four and a half stars just because I didn't want it to show up on like my favorite of all time movies. Yeah. <laughs> but it was very good. All right. So the roles that we're going to recast, we've got Veronica played by Tatiana Samuelova. We've got Boris played by Alexei Batalov. And we've got Mark played by Alexander Shvorin. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. (laughs) Fuck that guy. 
And so, Chelsea, who is going to be your Veronica? This is the only recast where I'm not sure if there's Russian heritage. You're just guessing? A little murky. But her name sounds like she could be from Russia. Mm -hmm. Who are you to decide? My actress was in Velvet Buzzsaw. Hmm. Yes, God, yes. I believe in Unicorn, Stranger Things. I went with Natalia Dyer. Okay, Natalia is a very Russian-sounding name. (laughs) All right, so Sean, who's your Veronica? I went with a 28-year-old from Magadan, Russia. And she is a supermodel slash musician slash actress. She's one of those triple threat types. Um, She was in a video short called Kanye West, Wolves. Uh Uh-uh. She was in Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets. And she was the lead actress in the film Anna. Uh Uh-huh. Her name is Sasha Luss. Yeah, dude. I like that movie, Anna. Or Anna. Um, And I think... It's kind of like Lucy, isn't it? It's very similar, yeah. And I think that there might be... It might be a remake of a Russian film. Or there's a adaptation of it something like that uh my my brain gets confused and so my pick for veronica is uh, and once again my criteria was that they not be russian and the age range be close and she is in she's 23 now she's in kick-ass she's in greta she's in the 2013 version of carrie and she was in the equalizer it's chloe grace moretz so while while we were watching this, I thought that the actress looked a little bit like Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but also somebody else. There was somebody that Michelle was saying she looked like, and I agree. And I can't quite remember who she was talking about. But she does have a very kind of familiar looking face. Next up, we've got the role of Boris, played by Alexei Batalov. And he was 29 at the time. Chelsea, who did you pick for this? Uh, my actor was in Divergent, uh, Baby Driver, uh-huh. Insurgent, and The Fault in Our Stars. <laughs> yeah. I name? cannot say his last name to save my life. Um, it's only two syllables. I just I cannot do it. Okay, Ansel, so imagine that it's a Spanish phrase. I want to put an A. I El-Gort. want to call him Elgort. Elgort. I can't Ansel do it. Elgort. I can't do it. Anyways, that's who it is. El Gordo. Yeah, that one. For the listeners, we uh, had our own Nostrovia shot of vodka before we came out here. Because you got to. Mm-hmm. You got to. You got to vodka. Okay, my turn. Yes, it is. I went with a 32-year-old actor from Tula in Russia. And uh, ironically, his name is Alexei. Hmm. Like the actor. Um Let me read you the first line of this guy's bio in IMDb. Actor, director, screenwriter, recording artist, musician, composer, producer, X Factor and Dancing with the Stars winner, car wreck and massive stroke survivor. What the fuck? Basically. And all of it's on Russian dash cam footage. (laughs) Right. Uh, He was in Lifetime's Unreal. He was in Frank Miller's Sin City, A Dame to Kill For. Uh Uh-huh. he was uh, Bobby in Space Force. Oh. His name is Alexei Vorobiev. Yes. yes. But he also goes by the screen name now, um, Alex Sparrow, which I don't think is a good choice. DJ Alex Sparrow. Alexei Vorobiev. All right. My pick for Boris is uh, not Russian. He's 28 now, though. He was in Breaking Bad, the TV show. He's mostly on TV shows, but he was in El Camino, the movie spinoff of Breaking Bad. Uh, he's in the TV show called Hannah Montana <laughs> and also the TV show Vegas. <laughs> His nice. name is RJ Mitty. RJ Mitty. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's going to be my Boris. Little, little uh, Walt Jr. Is that who it is? From Breaking Bad, yeah. Cool. Yeah, you know my story with Breaking Bad. Dude, you're missing out. <laughs> All right, moving it on to our final role, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Played by Alexander Schworin. Schworin. 
Alexander Schworen, who was 26 at the time. Please save me, Chelsea. I can't because I can't say this guy's last name, but it's fine. You can't say your pick's last name? I can't. Anyways, he was in Hail Caesar, Solo, A Star Wars Story, Beautiful Creatures, Alden. Ehrenreich. Ehrenreich. Thank you. That H throws me. So do you get confused between him and Ansel Elgort? No. I do a little bit sometimes. No, I was going to They both kind of came up at the same time. Ansel Elgort and Alden Ehrenreich, and they both have uh, hard hard to pronounce names. Mm Mm-hmm. But I just get confused sometimes anyway. We know. And uh, Sean, your pick. I went with a 25-year-old Polish actor. Um, he has been in, ugh, I can't even pronounce some of these shows, Love is Everything, uh, a Netflix show called 1983. But American audiences would know him as Sir Laszlo from the Netflix series The Witcher. His name is Maciej Musial. Masiej Musiel, the the Witcher, <laughs> with the Henry Cavill. I just went French. That was way French. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my pick for Mark is also twenty six. He was in a, it's a very obscure animated film called Finding Nemo. No, <laughs> okay. he was also in the sequel Finding Dory, and How to Eat Fried Worms. But he was also a regular cast member on the TV show Weeds. His name is also Alexander. It's Alexander Gould. Oh, yeah, yeah. He was one of the Botwin kids. He's grown up now. Yep. Well, I mean. Time flies. Weeds has been off the air for like 10 years. A bazillion years. Yes. I know. All right. So final thoughts. <laughs> I can't say enough good things Watch about it. this movie. Yeah. It's beautiful. This is the Russian Citizen Kane. Um, That's not too far off the yeah, mark. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's you can't overstate how good this movie yeah, is. I, I really, I'm really glad that we did this just so I could see this movie. And I picked it. You picked it. I know. All right. Speaking of, um, for the first episode in December, the Tyler Perry movies, you guys are picking the movies. <laughs> actually, I think Chelsea's actually seen it. a few. So I'm going to let her. I told you right. which two to do. Do you guys want to do a bonus segment? Let's uh, do it. Do you yeah. feel like doing a battle royale? Let's Duh. do it. All right. It's going to be a battle royale between the young versions of Mikhail Gorbachev versus young Boris Yeltsin versus young Vladimir Putin. Oh, Putin. Yeah. You went Putin very quickly. Very quickly. He, He's evil. He is the epitome of like I'm a terri- Bond villain. I'm terrified of Early him. in life, Putin was nasty, nasty. He's, He's KGB. Still, He's still nasty. Um. So recently, I I feel like Mads Mikkelsen would be a good actor <laughs> to play Vladimir Putin. <laughs> Mads Mikkelsen. So you're getting it out of your system since we couldn't do accents last week. Yes. <laughs> da. It's okay to do white people accents. (laughs) And I'll say, okay, so you're picking Putin. 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 I'm just going to go with Boris Yeltsin because of that one viral video where he and Bill Clinton are on a stage and Boris Yeltsin is so drunk that Bill Clinton is having to hold him up. Oh, yeah, that was awesome. laughing his ass off. Those were the good old days. I'm giving a shout out to Mikhail Gorbachev for his fedora covering up the birthmark. His fedora game in that photo is badass. It is badass. Uh, The Conan the Librarian would, would appreciate that. All right, we want to wrap it up. I want to thank you, Chelsea, for being here this week. Thanks for having me. And uh, did you enjoy yourself? Uh, duh. 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 Uh. <laughs> Is there anything that you would like to plug? Um, trivia. Trivia. We're going to try to do it outside this coming Wednesday. It depends on the weather. I'm, I understand that we have outside heaters that were picked up today. Okay. Um, but if it rains, we're going to have problems. If that happens, we're just going to push everything a week. Uh, so also I want to thank my co-host and co-producer, the engineer extraordinaire. And his name is Sean the Brew Boss. <laughs> what the hell? And he's on Twitter at a windowless van. Anything you want to plug, sir? 
Um, if you live in the state of Georgia, God damn it, vote for vote for uh, your blues. In the Senate, and uh, yeah, those two outstanding it, it, Senate it, runoff seats. It, it's coming up. Just go blue. Go you blue. saw this morning the headline was that Biden won the recount in Georgia. Oh, I know. It's pretty uh, badass. Yeah, but well, the last thing I saw was, and we read it right before we went on with this recording. Trump's legal team filed for their suit in Michigan and listed the state as Minnesota. Ooh. Nothing's going to piss off the court more than oh, no. misnaming the state. Yeah, wrong mitten. Jesus, get your hair dye on tight, bro. All right, so what's next week's episode? Uh, we're going to do the films of South America. That's a broad topic. It is, Ooh. and I am well aware that South America is a continent, and so far we've done countries, but I think that it gives us some room to play oh, with. Oh, it definitely does. And uh, do you want to know what our trivia question, our sneak preview tri- trivia question is going to be? Go yes. for it. The 2004 film The Motorcycle Diaries stars Gael Garcia Bernal as a medical student traveling with his friend from Brazil to Peru via motorcycle. Whose memoirs is the film based on? Chelsea? No. Please don't make me say it. Chelsea? <laughs> I can't say it! His name is Che Guevara. Yeah, that Che guy. Guevara. Um, whose image was co-opted by hipsters, hipsters in the nineties, yeah. left wingers. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Ernesto Che Guevara is the correct answer. We do not count off for spelling at right answers with wrong. Travis, we want to plug the podcast itself. Please rate, review, and subscribe to us on your podcatcher apps. We're also online on Podbean. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there. We are at Cinema Chop Shop on Twitter. We are Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook and our email address, which I check all the time. It's mostly Russian bots who email me. Uh, Cinema Chop Shop at gmail.com. And finally, the one, two beers that we checked in today are going to be checked in on Untapped, U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And we are Cinema Chop Shop on there. Finally, thank you to you, the listeners. Please remember that Black Lives Matter, wear a mask, social distance, and wash your hands. And always watch chop, chop retro feet. Ada. <laughs> <laughs>